You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of News Talk 770. Welcome back to The Strong Room on News Talk 770. A McMillan Estate Planning Minute with trust and estate planning specialist, Sherry McMillan. I look back now, two decades into practice, and the families that to me are the most joyful and successful in this area were not shy about communication, for example. So they would have a lot of dialogue, and not easy dialogue, I may add. If you're a real family, these topics are quite challenging because they can be quite sensitive around, well, we always say around money, religion, death, and these are the topics. So in order to have a harmonious plan, we have to be brave and courageous. But the blessing of doing that in the appropriate way in an estate plan is that the joy that the family can um, serve together in its own purpose as a family. McMillan Estate Planning, building powerful estate plans for families and family business owners. McMillanEstate.com. And now a conversation with trust and estate planner Norman Ewing. Norman, one of the uh, things that uh, becomes a reality, I think, in in life planning, particularly as uh, a set of parents age, is the onset of the first grandchild. And it's a major event in a family, uh, but it leads to the development of a plan as to how that grandchild is to be treated. Let's start with that scenario and, and what grandparents tell you when they first come in the door at McMillan Estate Planning. Well, it's always exciting to see the uh, new grandparents in our office, uh, Peter, when we're working with uh, our clients, because, of course, they don't want to necessarily talk about their will or, or other sorts of planning. They want to talk about their new grandchild. And so it's fun to see the pictures and, and, and hear all of the, the new developments uh, in, in their lives in that regard. And we really like to see that involvement, uh, you know, between the, the grandchildren and, uh, and, and the grandparents. And, um, you know, oftentimes uh, in their stage of life, the grandparents may have more time. Uh, hopefully they're in the same stage city as the, the grandchildren, um, and so that they can have that involvement. Uh, they can help with taking them, uh, you know, after school to, uh, you know, activities and, and events, and um, they can maybe support them at the soccer game or, or things like that. From a financial planning standpoint, though, what can they do, and, and what do you often hear from grandparents in terms of saying, here's how I want them treated uh, as part of my own life plan? You know, on the planning side, people uh, don't always think about uh, how to integrate uh, the grandchildren so much. Uh, maybe they'll think of, you know, something in the will, but beyond that, um, they don't explore a lot of other areas uh, um, so much. And so that's something that we want to put an emphasis on with our clients is, is seeing what are the opportunities out there, um, what have they put in place already, um, and, and comparing that to what they want to actually happen, uh, you know, in, in this kind of long-term support, um, and what changes need to be uh, made to to, uh, to get them there. You know, of course, if uh, the grandchildren are uh, pretty young, um, you know, we could be looking uh, to the future of, of maybe uh, support for education. Um, and, you know, this is something that could help, uh, happen at, at, at the parent level or it, it can happen at, at, at the grandparent level. Um, you know, there's, there's really great opportunities here in Canada with the, uh, the RESP, Registered Education Savings Plan. Um, and, you know, the, the key to uh, a lot of these things is, is starting early because there's uh, obviously the opportunity for 
compounding of an investment. Um, but there's also the opportunity for uh, matching government grants. Uh, you can see, um, you know, up to 20% uh, government matching with with RESPs. So it's something that uh, you know we certainly want to explore. Um, it may be something that the parents set up, and uh, you know the parents may have that all taken care of, um, and so we can go a different direction with the uh, with the grandparents. Um, but often what we see is you know the parents are young; they're uh, you know they've got young children, young family. Um, you know they've got a lot of other expenses uh, that they're worried about, and so maybe they don't have a lot extra um, to go into an RESP. And this is where maybe the the, the grandparents can step in uh, and help make sure that money is set aside um, and those uh, you know government grants are are taken advantage of. What are the mechanics of a registered education savings plan? You're allowed to put so much per year into it? Yeah, um, uh, there's there's kind of a, uh, a total maximum that you can put in for child per, per child. So that's uh, that's currently fifty thousand um, dollars. And then of course there's there's matching grants. So um, you know I mentioned up to twenty percent. Um, you know that's uh, on the first uh, twenty five hundred uh, per year that's put in. Um, and so you know that's something that uh, that we can look at uh, on on either level. If the parents have already set this up um, and the grandparents want to contribute to that, they can they can of course give money to the parents to continue that, or they may want to set up something like this on their own. Uh, you know, grandchildren uh, can have multiple RESPs, and so the parents could have one set up, but they're not uh, funding it fully. They're not getting the full grants. Um, the grandparents can set one up as well, um, and that certainly gives them a, a greater deal of control over uh, how the plan is used. Are there any tax implications to the registered education savings plan? Well, that's one of the big benefits of the uh, the, ta- uh, the the RESP is 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 some of the tax benefits. Now, obviously, the money that goes into that that's after tax, um, so you've already paid taxes on that, and that's cash from your bank account. Um, but the advantage to the RESP is the deferral of taxes. So you you put in $2,500 in a particular year. You invest that money. The growth of that investment is deferred until you pull it out of the account. And so you're generally pulling that out um, when uh, the, the you know grandchild or, or the person in issue uh, is in school. Uh, and so uh, their income is, is presumably pretty low um, and you'll pay a very little taxes on that uh, in that sort of a scenario. So there's the advantage on the tax side is, is the deferral of taxes um, on the growth. So the plan is in the name of the student. Um, The grandparents have contributed dollars over a period of time to build up the principal. But when the money is pulled out, it's up to the student or the student is responsible for paying the tax unless the grandparents step in and cover that as well? That's correct. Uh, you know, and, and, and that's kind of the advantage to it uh, is, uh, you know, you're, you're, you're pulling it out um, under the student's name. They're paying the taxes on it. They're presumably in a lower tax rate. Um, and uh, so there's, there's lesser taxes on that. And, you know, often we're looking at uh, setting these up uh, perhaps on a family basis. If, if there's, you know, several children in the family, uh, we may set up one account account for all of them. So there's there's a lot of flexibility um, that if one has more educational needs than the other, um, you know, the, the funds can be used in that direction. If grandchildren aren't in the picture or they only are of interest in later years, philanthropy might be an option. Sherry McMillan now with some thoughts on that subject. I think it's because they want to give back to the community that they view most people that have become very successful are quite humble and you know, ultimately feel that 
the community has been good to them and they want to share that back with the community. They want to do something meaningful with purpose in their life and they have the time now and they have the affluence to do that with. And I mean, we see that all all the time with, you know, high profile people like Bill Gates, for example. So when they come into this affluence, they don't necessarily you know, their concern isn't necessarily, how do I transfer it to my family? That's actually not the concern frequently because the family has already got a good start in life. What their concern is, how do I use it wisely for the good of the community? And because we're in a different uh, time horizon, what we're finding is that they want to be active in this. They don't want to set something up and then have it occur when they're gone. Rather, they want to do that work now and they want to participate and oversee and govern and involve their family um, in that design today. So it's not just writing a check. No, and they feel much more purpose and meaning towards it. They can also use their business acumen often and help that charity grow because now they're applying it to a different area but it's going to have a lot of good purpose in the world. And so you can see their spark in their eye, those little stars that would light up when they would talk about their business transition from that business into this philanthropy. And it is a real beautiful thing to observe. So one of the case studies, Peter, that I've grown up with is a really wonderful family I worked with years ago. And we always say in our office that every family should consider doing charitable work because if you think about it, if you, let's say you had two children, you actually have three and you have an, a third child, which is Canada Revenue Agency that's associated with your estate. Wouldn't it be good if you could choose that child is what we say and decide that you're going to give it to a purpose or cause that you feel passionate about. And all of us have been impacted in our lives with something that we feel strongly about and want to give back in. So at this wonderful family um, started a, a foundation as a family when the grandchildren were still young underage and they set it up and said what we want to do is we want to make this a family event at Christmas and so what they did is they set up the foundation and then every Christmas they would meet in our office um, the boys against the girls the grandchildren Um, to decide which charity this year was going to get the profit from their foundation. And so they would do like homework as groups on figuring out, well, this is why uh, we should give to this particular charity or this is why this one makes more sense this year because of a natural disaster or what was going on in current events. And so it was really interesting to observe this. And what the grandchildren Um, gained from this experience is they gained the wisdom, the value set and beliefs of their grandparents at a way deeper level than playing at McDonald's and the toys. And the grandparents said to us that they felt way more bonded with the grandchildren because they were really learning their little minds of how they were developing and what their beliefs and values were. And it was a way to communicate that, that they wouldn't have had the privilege otherwise to do. And so I have, you know, obviously vicariously lived through our families and I was just so encouraged by this example. And as the children aged, I remember one particular year, it was so cute because the the granddaughters and grandchildren were all teens and the granddaughters had worked at summer jobs and they had, you know, earned a little money. And so that Christmas, they brought a check in for their charity of choice. Well, obviously they won that year. And um, so you can just see how their minds have developed and integrated into the values and beliefs of their grandparents and the beautiful part about this to me is I hope not to lose them obviously too soon but when we do lose the grandma and grandpa those grandchildren are going to carry on in the exact same way giving back because they've been 
doing it for decades now. It's a nice legacy for the grandparents. It's such a beautiful legacy, and they feel like their life's work has such purpose now because of it. So we all have this opportunity. We just don't put a lot of mind to it. And one of the challenges is to find that purpose and, and desire that you have. And one family I'm working with currently, Peter, is that they keep exploring different charities to figure out how and what kind of causes they want to put into play. A lot of affluent families actually find a core selection of ideas that they want to assist with, and then they kind of stick to that as the principle, that these are the ones that we're going to care for. Maybe it's water in the world, or maybe education, or whatever it is that they feel strongly about. They don't necessarily jump around from project to project. They might, but they don't necessarily. They don't necessarily, and are very affluent families often will create their own foundation. Um, we have a beautiful family that we've worked with for a long time, and they created a foundation um, basically in Africa that is absolutely spectacular what they've been able to accomplish. They now have created something like 10 orphanages and have saved a whole bunch of the people that were infected in Rwanda. They have treatment centers for the people that were traumatized. And all that are of a dream they had just said, you know, we want to do something that has meaning in the world and how can we do that? And they've sponsored this gentleman that came over from Africa and ultimately met our clients and they fell in love with each other as families. And he said, well, I know a prince over there who could get us some land to start charitable work. And so they've been active involved in this firsthand seeing the benefit and impact that they can make in the community and so I think it's such a beautiful thing when we have that privilege to safeguard our significance but make a difference in the community of others. We're into the summer season now and Macmillan's regular seminar series will resume on Thursday evening September 28th but it is business as usual during the summer months at Macmillan Estate Planning And you can always ask a question and get an answer by calling the office weekdays during business hours at 403-266-6464. Remember, too, you can go online anytime at macmillanestate.com. Check out the blogs, which are updated regularly for tips and news about life planning. And listen to episodes of The Strong Room to catch up on details and features you may have missed. I'm Peter Watts. Thanks for joining us for another edition of The Strong Room on News Talk 770.